TGH The Good House presents Say Something Good, an all-new podcast dedicated to good news, good people, and good stuff. Hosted by Sean Patrick and Karen Nozost. How is um, 2023 shaping up on your end? It has been... It's been really good. I have I've been reading more. You know, that's the work that we do, right? We read manuscripts. <laughs> and I'm reading even more um, because I'm teaching more and I am really divinely inspired with the words that I'm that I'm reading. So I'm 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 grateful. I'm grateful to begin 2023 in this particular way. You know, I'm reading more too. I've now been reading at bedtime as opposed to to watching TV. And it's yes. it's been great because I've already read like two books this year. Uh, oh so goodness. yeah, it's it's great. And I'm uh, I'm reading Tara Breck, who I love, and then yes. and then I just do some good some good fiction as well. So mm-hmm. uh you know, and we've spoken about we've spoken about this in the past. We we both love TV, but unless yes. you've earned TV, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Oh, that's maybe that's where I'm moving towards right now, uh, because I feel so much more. You know, the book that I'm teaching is the oh, what is it called? It's called the Foundation of Mysticism by Joel Goldsmith, who is a mystic who is one of my master teachers, and I'm so grateful to read it anew because this is probably the um, this is probably the fifth time that I've taught this book. And every time I read it, there's uh, there are more opportunities for me to look at things at a higher level, higher consciousness. So, um, yeah, it's it's true. It's, it's good. Moving away from the visual aspect of watching something and turning within and allowing my spirit to rise up within me. Yeah. I, I completely, I completely agree. It's like, it's like you've let your mind do the work. So TV becomes this really beautiful, passive reward. Yes. If you're just passive all the time, it feels gross. Mm-hmm. So It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to be talking about when it's time to let it go after we have our break today, but let's get started with our good news stories. Now this one, hmm, we're going to debate if this is a good news. No, sorry. We're going to discuss I want you to be careful to use your words. thank you. (laughs) If this is a good news story or not, but it says, a UK poll has revealed that millennials, those aged between 25 and 34, so I just make the cut, um, (laughs) millennials are the savviest with their cash and are twice as likely to remove monthly expenditures than the generations above and below them. Now, I know Lindsay, your daughter, is a fellow millennial, and I think we're both more savvy with the cash than you, Karen. Oh, (laughs) I think so. Um, And, you know, I noticed with Lindsay that when I was, when she was younger and I was paying for everything, she wanted it all. And then when she started earning her own money, she became very particular about how she was spending it. And I'm happy that she's she's that way. I'm, I'm happy that there's not this, um, excess of wanting something and then, and then getting it and perhaps, 
um, not being happy or sad about it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's very, very true. I think it speaks um, to what we were just saying about TV. It's like, um, yes, if you're just mindlessly consuming, consuming, nothing really is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I said I wasn't sure if this was a good news story or not is because I do believe the, the millennial generation, my people, mm-hmm. I do think when it comes to the world of finance, I think we were more <laughs> disenfranchised than a lot of generations. I can only speak to the UK, but what I mean is um, in the UK, prior to the millennial generation, you could just get a 100% mortgage. You didn't need a deposit. You just had to oh, right. show your earnings. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the generation below us, because inflation has happened and property values have just gone through the roof, even a very regular family, um, just through owning their house or various things, found themselves with a nice chunk of money, which they've been able to pass on to the generation mm-hmm. below. So I do think that the millennial generation, I know we can, we have a certain rep, but when it comes to how we found our place in the world, like owning houses or um, having a career, the rule, I believe, a millennial has done it more off their own back. I, that, that's my experience of it. Yeah, because they want to. Mm-hmm. Because they want to. Um, I wanted to assist Lindsay when she bought her condo and, um, she didn't want any assistance from me. She wanted to do it on her own, which if my parents had asked me, um, let me give you some money so you can buy a house. I would have said yes. And see, that's the other thing. Lindsay is buying a condominium, which is affordable and manageable as opposed to having to accumulate a lot more money to buy a house that is 3,000 square feet, for example. So that need is not there, I don't think, at least with my daughter. And maybe I can say that with other millennials. Yeah. And I also think millennials are much more freelance contract based than generations that have gone before, which Like I said, if I'm looking at it from a disenfranchised point of view, I think had I been 10 years older, I likely would have graduated, got a job, worked my way up in that company and been in a certain position by now. Instead, Mm -hmm. I found my own way. I started a business. My, My way has been much more exciting, but it hasn't had the securities and almost defaultness that it had if I was a little older. So overall, I'm happy with how things worked out, but there's been more of a need to be actively pursuant. That makes sense? Yes. And isn't your generation happier? Uh, You know, I'm saying that. And then on the other hand, I just, you know, the idea of suicides popped into Mm. my awareness. So yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I I don't know if we're happier. I think we're freer. Freer, um, that's the word. I think yes. we. Um, I think things like travel. I think there's a lot of things that the generation above us might see as luxuries that we see as we're we're, we're 
fortunate enough that they are just within our life. We travel, we've been to Asia. Like we, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, that the world yes. is a smaller place for us. Um, yes. But I do think that the, the security of the days when you got a job and worked your way up w- aren't there, nor were we at the right point where there was a default level of wealth in most families, just based on how much their, their house price had gone up. So I think that, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I, I think that's why we're probably more savvy with money, which also isn't a bad thing because you know what another word for savvy is mindful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I like so I'll that. take it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because I know that my daughter can be, cause we're not talking about being cheap. And we're not talking about being extravagant. We're talking about being mindful with finances, for example, Um, because Lindsay can be very, she just told me that she was going to buy something um, that I needed in the house. And I thought, oh, I like that. I hadn't even thought about buying it, but it's something that we needed. So, um, yeah, this mindfulness that uh, the millennials have is very is very wonderful. I also like the idea that millennials um, have several things that they do that creates different flows, several different flows of income. I like the idea that millennials are traveling. Traveling. I like the ideas that uh, millennials are not um, don't think that they have to work a job for fifty years. Um, and I know that some are, some, and some are not doing all of those things. But to have the freedom is so wonderful because it tells me that they have a willingness to live their lives the way that they would like to live their lives. So I'll, um, I'll take it. I'll, I'll continue <laughs> to be happy that I'm a millennial. Yes, and yes. It was, it was interesting to see this. Just I, I know that whenever I'm with you, and your daughter, um, who's my age, we are the yes. ones that are, like I said, not cheap, but just savvier, savvier, mm-hmm. mindful yes. when it yes. comes to money. Yes. Um, yes. The next story, I mean, this is going to be, and this is something we've been speaking about for a while, but Breathwork um, is finding its way into the mainstream again. Um, mm-hmm. A book called The Healing Power of, of Breath has become a New Year's, uh, a hot New Year's purchase. Um, Many techniques in the book, uh, but one of its more simple tools, just slowing down your breathing will reduce your stress and cortisol levels and deactivate the flight and fight response. (laughs) Now, this is something that we've been doing, you know, where we say check in and check how deep your breath is. Yes, yes. And and, and I'm sure I'd love to read this book. I'm sure there's so many other little little techniques like that. But we were talking about this at, at the beginning of the lockdown. And we right, were talking right. about just have these random checks throughout the day and genuinely check how deep your breath is. Because chances mm-hmm. are it's it's very shallow, which yes. means you're in a fight or fight response. You're, you're vulnerable <laughs> to a fight yes. or flight response. And yes. you're you're likely running off um, stress. Mm-hmm. Yes. To be conscious of how we're breathing. We've been talking about that for a long time now. I'm glad that someone has... Um, put it in book form, um, uh, to be mindful about the breath. To be, uh, in fact, I was um, chatting the other day with someone and I realized how shallow my breath was. Yeah. So I took this deep 
breath to recalibrate myself and to be to bring me back to me to my center to my core uh, it's a great it's a great practice when we remember to practice it you know that kind of old school thing you see in some tv shows where people are breathing into the brown paper bag and yeah right yeah, yeah. and i get now that's to make sure their breathing is deep enough to fill the bag I didn't, yes. I, ne- I never yes. used to get it, but now I get it. It's if someone's having a lot of anxiety, they give them the bag. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they have to make sure they're, they're breathing deep enough to fill the bag. And I yes, think that's yes. what it's about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, this is a cool This Week in History. I had a different one, but then I came across this one, which I thought was just so obscure that we had to mention it. So This Week in History, 1984, the Supreme Court, it went the whole way to the Supreme Court, Karen, ruled that you were allowed to tape shows on your VCR for your own personal viewing without infringing copyright. Oh, you've got to be kidding. I, in 1984, before 1984, <laughs> it was illegal to record shows off the television. And thank God this was before my life because I used to come <laughs> home from school and my mum had recorded Nickelodeon for me so I could watch it. Um, it's so, and that that's why I'm going to say it's good news, because I think without that, there wouldn't be catch-up, there wouldn't be on-demand, there might not be streaming right. services. Yes. Things yes. would still be stuck, and if you didn't watch it at the time it was broadcast, you missed it. Yeah, right. That's right. Can you imagine? And that's why we recorded, I remember my mom recorded, I, I think she has the recording of uh, now King Charles and Princess Diana's marriage. And that was in the 80s sometime, right? Yeah. Was it in the 80s? That was, yes, that, that yes, was yes, before yes. I was born, I'm sure. Yeah, that was or, before you were born. Yeah. But she kept, she recorded all the time. That's what she did. And then she had the opportunity to play it back or for herself or for friends or for us. You know, so um, I had no... I thought that we could do it as long as we didn't sell it. And of course we wouldn't sell it or anything like that, but I guess some, somebody did. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and I don't know the complete, in, I, I, I can't, I think I was most surprised because it was a matter that went to the Supreme court. Yes. Yes. But, but the, the news that the article that I read spoke about, you know, it being for your own personal viewing. So there may have even been an issue with, being in possession of a recorded mm-hmm. tape. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of any kind of prosecution or court case, oh, but it wasn't until heaven. this week in 1984, it oh. was officially allowed. So, But remember, do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer asked Jerry to record a movie and these movies were going to be bootleg. They're going to be sold. So uh, Jerry went into a theater and actually recorded a the movie that was on the screen. And then he would, would take that, or Kramer did, and he would give it to somebody who would make boot, bootleg copies of it and sell it. That's what I remember. Oh, yeah, and, and that's still illegal. That, yes, the, the, yeah. it has to be. It has to be. Um, and I mean, it's also, this, I think it's pretty pointless now, because did you know post-COVID... It's mm-hmm. only 30 days from when something is in the movies to when it can be streamed. Oh, yeah, I, I know. 
Yeah, I know, it's and amazing. It was 90 days pre-COVID, but I'm going back to even when I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, if you went to Blockbuster, they it was it was a year from when something was oh, at the movies yes. to Blockbuster, I'm sure. Right, a long time. Now yeah. I see a movie um, one month, and yes, the next month – I, I see it on my I can see it on my computer in whatever, whatever format it's it's on. It's it's just amazing, really amazing. Well, I'm <laughs> glad the Supreme Court passed that law many years ago, so we can enjoy on demand recorded. I mean, yes. anyone listening to this podcast is listening to it on demand. There wouldn't be such thing as podcasts if right, pre-recorded right. media wasn't allowed or wasn't. You know what I'm saying. Um, We're going to be right back (laughs) to talk about when it's time to let it go. See you soon. So when I think of when it's time to let it go, I think about this release step that I say in an affirmative prayer. Um, And to let it go means to um, stop thinking about it, that the prayer is done, it's released, and I put it on my altar, as they say. I really do. I take it out of my mind. I don't worry about it anymore. I, I release it. I allow it to unfold. Um, so that's what I think about when I think about um, letting it go and really letting it go. Otherwise, you know, it's akin to planting a seed in the ground and not allowing it to germinate. So we have an idea, we have a prayer that we've released we have a seed that we've planted in the ground. We let it stay there. Um, this is walk by faith, not by sight. We allow that seed to germinate. And before too long, here we have the evidence that that which we have let go is in our lives. And we let it go so that we can um, not think about what could be possible, we let the highest and the best unfold in and through and as our lives. Does that make sense, Sean? Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. And thinking of the, you know, seed analogy, I think true mm-hmm. letting it go is, yeah, you're gonna water the seed, yeah, you're gonna take care of right. it. But true letting it go is whether it grows or not. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, yes, 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 yes. And and the way that when I hear let it go or any phrase like that, I'm always reminded, and I'm going to sound so um, naive, but <laughs> I, I, I was. It was in a Barnes and Noble when I was once in LA before I knew you. I forget I ever mm. didn't know you. I know. <laughs> and um, I was, I was in a relationship at the time. I was obsessing and obsessing over it, the opposite of of letting it go. Yes. And I'd never heard the second part of that phrase, which is or be dragged. And I saw oh, it on a magnet or a postcard or something at Barnes & Noble. I have a, <laughs> a very uh, a very millennial epiphany. And that was when I could truly understand 
let it go because it wasn't just it's it's let it go or be dragged and i yeah and the, and the image was like this guy holding on to like a kite or something and he was being mm-hmm. dragged along the ground and i just thought oh my gosh i never understood the second part of that like th- there's a detriment to not letting it go yeah there's a because uh, i you know i i think about dragging something it and it's I, I use the phrase, um, I want, uh, I don't say that it that way, but kicking and screaming are the words, yeah. kicking and screaming. That's what I think about. So someone might say, I want this. I have to have this. Otherwise, I'm going to throw a tantrum. I'm going to go kick and screaming. It ha- I have to have this book. I have to have this house. I have to have this job. Um, so... Letting it go frees us. It detaches us from the results. And what our human mind can think of, I believe this presence, this spirit that maintains and sustains us goes beyond what we can think about with our human mind. So the idea of letting go of something that we want to possess, oh my gosh, it's so uh, wonderful to let it go, to forget about it, really, to forget yeah, about for, it. Forget about it. And I yes, can, yes. Like, just <laughs> like, and, and, you know, it was, it was really recently, it was really recently somewhat, um, I got an email and my initial response would have been to get definitely the opposite of let it go <laughs> to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I heard my, and I said to myself, let it go quickly before it sticks. And I oh, thought yeah. about this little time period where if you, and, and this is not, I'm, I'm talking about little things here like an email, but them little things which could drag you down for a day or for a night. Yeah. Some of them things you let go before they even stick. And, yes. And, you know, it's, right. I mean, I, I never read this book. Maybe I will. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Yes. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm talking about that. Like these, these little things let them go before they stick because there's other stuff that's going to require more of a journey before you decide to let it go so just some things let it go before they stick don't even Mm -hmm. let it be something you need to let go of yes it didn't even stick it didn't even land it was a missed it was a missed opportunity on their part and that takes a lot of spiritual maturity because we're talking about a practice here we're we're talking about practicing spiritual discernment. Oh yeah, that's something that's something that's going to drag me down. I'm letting it go right now. It's not going to serve me. Um, that's or that's something that I get to embrace. Oh yeah, that's going to that's really good for me. And the idea of freeing ourselves from the outcome of a situation is is really the essence of letting go of something. I, I hear the words, thy will be done, our highest and best. Let those things be done in our lives. You know, us millennials have a saying that goes, long hair, don't care. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> I just remember me. I feel like I reveal myself more and more in ways that I can cringe at. But I think back to um, like, oh God, summers in my mid-twenties. And just one summer, that's all me and my friends said, long hair, don't care. Long hair, don't care. And that was just a, um, and and that was a fun way of letting something go, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, 
Um, and you've got and you've got a great saying, which you know, oftentimes you say, "What are you going to do?" And I think that's oh, helpful yes. as well. Yes, yes. But you also have one. You say, "Oh, it's okay. I'm young. I'm thin, and I'm fit, or something." <laughs> yeah, but that—that's not about letting something go. But maybe I will oh, apply it to that. Yes, no, I, I'm going to start. Yes. Yeah. What are you going to do? What? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And here's another but one. That's I've got. good. I, uh-huh. Yeah, and this is what I learned when I worked at Starbucks. I'd say, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, yeah, because that's oh, another right. one. Like, I remember one day this guy got so angry about we didn't have any <laughs> sweeteners. We just had uh-huh. brown sugar and white sugar. And he was talking, mm-hmm. he, he, even, he even used the word suffer. He is suffering oh. because we've not had oh. sweetener in a while. And yeah. I said, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> And we just don't have it. <laughs> we, we we just don't have it, and and that's yeah. an example there. It's an extreme one, but but don't anyone listening don't think you're beyond a silly example in your own life because I know I I, yeah. I know I'm not. But this man genuinely came to me behind the counter at Starbucks and told me he was suffering, which he he, he maybe was because there was no sweetener. How how ridiculous! Like that's a situation yes. where he could have said, "What are you going to do?" But he said, yeah, and it's also I'm going to cause trouble. Yeah, but and there's a powerful message in that. If there were no sweeteners in there, and I'm thinking you're talking about artificial sweeteners, maybe the message is he needs to give them up. He needs to let go of them. But you see how the human nature says, I got to fight this. I'm used to, to all this. I'm not listening to the still small voice right now, I need what I always have. And to be able to turn within, to let go, to know that there, maybe there's something here for me. Maybe these artificial sweeteners are not serving me any longer. Um, it's, and I believe that this eternal broadcast is always happening and we either listen to it or we don't. Listening to it allows us to let go. Not listening to it allows us to go kicking and screaming into the nothingness. <laughs> well, or, or or to the guy at Starbucks, you know, he yes. he literally went <laughs> kicking and screaming. Um, so yeah, let that be. Um, and you know, and and you speak about everything being being for us, you know. Yes. So yes, something right. like that is it, whether or not that is so, the belief mm-hmm. of it will cause you to be open to more opportunities and less cheap drama. That's it, Um, yes. Yeah. Well, on that note, we hope you liked this episode, but if you didn't, what are you going to do? What are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to (laughs) do? And we will be back next week. Karen, lots of love. You've been listening to Say Something Good from TGH, The Good House. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And because we want to inspire as many people as we can with these episodes, we'd really appreciate it if you'd share the show with friends or family who'd find it useful. Also, please leave us a review and let us know what you'd like to hear on the show. For more information about TGH The Good House, who we are and what we do, please visit our website, www.tghbooks.com. 